Welcome to Manifestival. We are in front of a live studio audience in LA and I have Julie Pyatt with me. And I was able to ask her deep questions in front of the audience and even allow some of the audience members to ask questions to the guests on stage. We're going there today. We're going to talk about human potential. We're going to talk about spirituality, the cosmos. What does it mean to be a woman in this day and age? I can't wait to dive into this episode. Welcome, Julie. There is nothing more powerful than a human being that knows itself. No energy has the right to interfere with you without your consent. But if you're choosing to smoke pot or drink or take drugs, you're weakening your energetic aura. Welcome to Manifestable, where you'll receive profound breakthroughs, courage to break old patterns, and live into your soul's purpose. Each week, I will bring you epic guests, live coaching, and manifestation tools to remind you of your power. You have the ability to achieve extraordinary things, and the time to start is now. Today, our guest on Manifestival is Julie Hyatt, a.k.a. Shermati. I hope I'm saying that right. She is a mystic, a mother, a musician, an artist, chef, and author and healer who has lived her life immersed in devotion and expansive creativity. Through embracing a plant-based diet and deep meditation practice, Julie healed herself of a large cyst in her neck, which doctors diagnosed as incurable. She is the host of the internationally known podcast for the life of me and author of three best-selling cookbooks. Julie is also the founder of the members only Water Tiger community, which serves as a spiritual guide and provides devotional offerings to remind others of their own spiritual nature. I want to dive in with Julie and talk about her plant-based cheese. I have heard it is amazing. I want to talk to her about how she created this. How did the vision come? How did she step into this? Also, what does she do to create healing in her body? What are her practices as well as what would be some practices we all could take on to do deep healing within our own bodies? I can't wait to dive into this episode. I'm so excited to welcome Julie. In the meantime, you can find out more about her on Instagram at Sermati, S-R-I-M-A-T-I. And as always, follow me on Instagram and Facebook at the Danette May. And please leave a review on Apple Podcasts, sharing your favorite part of this episode. Let's welcome Julie to the show. Thank you so much. Welcome to Manifestival Podcast with a live audience. We have a very beautiful, intimate group of really wonderful women. I'm just so honored that they came. A lot from LA and some people came from like East Coast and different states, but these are, they brought some friends, but these are women in my um, higher level programs. And I just feel like they're the perfect people to really welcome your power, these powerful guests. So thank you for being nice. here. Nice. Thanks for having me. It's like entering into an alternate universe. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just adjusting here a little bit. Uh, yeah. And the traffic was just uh, 
Was it a little little dicey? It was an epic LA traffic day. Every single freeway completely jammed like a parking lot. Oh, really? Yeah. So it's kind of a miracle. I just miraculously pulled up right right on time. That's amazing. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. And I literally didn't see them putting this out. And I'm like telling them, I'm like, I really hope I get to try this cheese. I'm like, I'm going to go try to find it. And, And Brooke's like, and I brought it. it's like right here. So can I try it right now? Absolutely. Not to make you amazing. all jealous. Well, I think you all could probably try it after the show. Oh. So there's three wheels here. So if, if everybody just takes if a I share. <laughs> yeah. So this is, can I tell you a little bit about it? Yes, okay. please. So this is Shrimu. Shrimu is a name that came to me, which is sort of a blessing to me. My spiritual name is Ma Ananda Shrimati. My street name is Julie Pyatt. And I wanted to name it something that was authentically me, you know? And so I didn't really go out and research the food business and find out what other brands were there. And I'd been in the food space for about 10 years and I've created about 400 plant-based recipes. And I kind of cracked the code on the on the plant-based cheese. My husband calls me the doyen of plant-based cheese. You know, usually I'm the artist that's making the, you know, 36-piece jacket that's completely not scalable, that makes no sense. But for once, finally in my life, I made something that's highly scalable. So Shrimu is a devotional offering for life, and I call them vibrational nourishments. So while they are plant-based offerings, they can share a board with any, you know, the highest level dairy cheeses. And Shrimu is an invitation. It's an option. It's a better way. So it's pure. It's organic. It doesn't have any creepy, weird sort of lab ingredients in it. Thank you. Uh, Yeah, so it's all really pure. (laughs) It's handcrafted with awareness. And we breathe and connect with the present before we touch the cheese. And so I'd love for you to try some. So So are you gluten-free? I prefer to be gluten-free. Okay. I don't have to be. (laughs) That's good. I love that. So this flavor is called Gold Alchemy. Look at this, guys. Gold Alchemy. Come on. We're eating Gold Alchemy? (laughs) And so this is turmeric and black pepper infused. It's a cashew base with some smoke. I've served this in Italy, and they were just running after me saying, brava, brava. (laughs) (laughs) So I'll take that as a a good compliment. Wow. So so we're subscription-based, which is one of the main things uh, that's notable. So we're shipping a perishable product directly to your home or office. The beautiful thing about Shrimu is that it freezes beautifully. So we have like seven or eight different box offerings that you can get. You can choose your frequency. And we are in very... Very limited wholesale, but it's a very curated thing because we really are about creating community. And I've just come from our new facility in Memphis, Tennessee, where we have relocated our production and I'm opening up my first wine and Shrimu Cafe on October 14th. And where's this opening up? It's in uh, Memphis, Tennessee. It's at a place called Crosstown Concourse. And Crosstown used to be a Sears Roebuck distribution center in the 50s. It employed a thousand people. They lived their lives, raised their children. They died and it collapsed. And a Swiss investor 
purchased it about 14 years ago for $3.2 million. It's a million 500,000 square feet. So it's like the Empire State Building on its side. That's the size of the facility. It's now 94% leased. They put $200 million into it. There's a huge healthcare initiative there called Church Health. They bring healthcare to 80,000 people. They have art recording studios, an art state-of-the-art music studio, a 500-seat seat performance theater, okay. 28 artists in residency, a 60,000 vinyl listening library, global cafe, um, this refugee down, run. Yeah. <laughs> and they had one space left, which is now the Shreemu facility and, you know, MoMA level museum. I mean, it's crazy. So it was everything that I love and I care about in one building. And so... It was a big move because I don't live in Memphis, Tennessee. And sometimes when I go there, I think for the first five hours, what have I done? (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) But I couldn't say no. It was a once in a lifetime opportunity and I'm honored that they welcomed me in. Absolutely. And, you know, the area is quite, the land is sacred. You know, Memphis is full of a lot of richness and it also is in need of love. And so that's why we're there. Wow. So, oh my God, that was like the best opening intro that I've ever had on a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. We're here for that. But I'm glad you like really shared this and you guys get to see this elegance and you get to hear that this is my love language, as you guys all know, like really healing foods because I know it's alchemy in the body. And when someone pours so much love into something, we get to consume and bring it inside of our bodies and it tastes amazing, like pleasure mixed with the alchemy of it. It's just To me, I don't know. That's like one of my top pleasures of life. I don't know how to describe it. So it's really fun for me to see this beauty and to see the creator of the beauty. And so I want to ask, because there's always a behind the curtain of a creator of the beauty. How did this come to you? Obviously, you were already in the kitchen making a bunch of plant-based recipes. Why cheese out of anything? I mean, you could have made a lot of different things. Why cheese? So I'm a cancer, astrologically Western and also Vedic. And I do have... Okay, you have to tell them what what does a cancer mean? Oh, you guys don't know? Well, (laughs) we're on a large podcast too. (laughs) Okay. So we're talking about a planetary alignment that is at the time when you were born. So we all have an imprint that's created of the planetary cosmos because we have a macrocosm and we're a microcosm of the macrocosm. So, and it's an incomplete science as most things are in this realm. So you can't take it as, you know, the ultimate truth, but it can be a guideline. And especially in Vedic astrology, if you haven't looked into it, it's quite fascinating because it will show your divorces. It will show your children, the years you built homes in, the years you say, it's actually there. And I had a funny experience with a very beloved Vedic astrologer named Chakrapani, And he left his body at the age of 89, maybe seven years ago. And no one liked to go see him because he was not the Instagram feel-good astrologer. That's not what astrology really is about. So I was in a yoga community at the time, and some of us were going to get readings, and they were coming back just devastated because he had had shown, it told you what your life had in store for you. And so I wanted to just go see him and meet him because we have this love of the Vedic lineage and yoga and yogi practices. And so he told me, you know, he said, you have a very difficult relationship with your father this life. And I would say, that's true. That's exactly true. And he would say, 
I know, I'm looking at it. <laughs> <laughs> and, then, and then he would say, you know, you have a big, you know, career in publishing. I would say, but that's true. I published because he said, I know, I'm looking at it. So anyway, cancer in that astrology could mean a highly sensitive I have a Pisces moon, which makes me psychic, and a Scorpio rising, which is the way people look at me, maybe a performer. I transform through death and trauma and experiences. Those dark moments really give me the fuel. So I'm an artist, but I am a sort of a universal mother. It's easy for me to cook for a hundred or two. It doesn't matter. I never follow a recipe. I just follow the intuition. So it's very artistic for me. But I wouldn't say that having a food company was on any of my vision boards. It was never in my bandwidth at all. I did this out of love for my husband. My husband, Rich Roll, at the time had become a plant-based endurance athlete. He was doing double Ironman races, eating only plants. Now, yes, if you're that's like huge. me... That's huge. If you're like me, you don't know what it, I don't know what an Ironman is. <laughs> so here I am, I'm an artist, he's an athlete. I don't care about sports at all. I never understand why a bunch of people get together and have a bunch of opinions about someone else playing a game that they're not playing in. So for me, when he said, <laughs> I'm like, I'm That's like, That's a good really? way to say it. Playing I'm a like, game really? that you're not playing I'm in, like, but you really? care about it. <laughs> what did you have to do with it? And a lot of emotion about it yeah, also, so. a lot of opinions, a lot of, you know, weighing in. So I think at the time, you know, he said to me, babe, you know, I want to do a double Ironman. And I said, awesome, like you should do that. But I had no idea what that meant. And so at the time I was making music, I recorded two albums with my boys who were little boys at the time, 10, 12, and 14 and 16 as they grew. And so our agreement was he could train, but when he came home, I would give him a baby and I would leave. So there was this one moment... <laughs> He never complained either. Like he never acted tired, but I would just, I was just in my house and the door would open and he would leave and the door would close. And eight hours later, the door would open and he'd come in and I'd hand him a baby. And then I'd go to the studio to do music. And one time he said to me, as I did the handoff, he said, do you understand that I just ran a marathon? You're and like, I was nope. like, actually, no, I had no idea that's what you did. So what I did is I decided then, I was like, you know what? Like this guy's really trying to do something incredible. It's easy for me to cook. Like it's not, I said, you know what? Why don't I just love him by having this plant-based spread for him, ready for him when he came home? So that's really how it all started. It was really just for him. And then soon we had like sort of a stable of maybe 50 recipes and everybody really liked them. And we were starving. We were going through a nine-year financial collapse at the time. And I was getting this spiritual directive that he should train, even though he was too old and not fast enough. And it made no sense whatsoever. And I was making music with my children, which also made no financial sense. But I knew that this was the way through, through our heart. And so that turned into an e-cookbook that fed us for a couple of years. Wow. It was sold for under $10. And then that would turn into three published cookbooks. And what happened is when I finished my first book, I'd done a very sort of basic cheese section, you know, like warm cashew cheese, or I think I did a, a Brazil nut spread. But whenever I was making these cheeses, I couldn't even get them plated before the kids were just taking them. And, every, you know, I'd have to quadruple the recipes. Oh, sure. And then and I knew I was really onto something when my European friends started coming to beg me. And then I really knew when I was hit, hit something when 
I was getting congratulated by French and Italian people. So then I was like, oh, like, I think I've finally done the thing. So it was, I mean, I was a fashion designer before, so I knew what production was. And I took my sweet time, but I'm very proud of her. And she is a vehicle of awakening. So she carries a frequency, which allows you to remember what's true for you what is dear to you, because each one of us are unique expressions of that one breath. Every single one of us, no one's more spiritual, less spiritual, no one's more valued, no one's left valued. We all have something. And so hopefully this offering ignites you to remember that. And I'm going to bet that if you can remember who you are, that you're going to bless all creation. Mm, So good. Okay. This Vedic astrologer, did he predict cheese? Did no. he say he didn't say anything about cheese he or didn't. cookbook? No, no cheese. Miss that. <laughs> like I said, it's an imperfect science. <laughs> How long did it take for like the inception of the idea that you're like, oh, I'm on to something. Everybody's telling me how good it is to it actually being in a box and able to be sold. So I have two answers to that. So my rebellious kind of smarty pants answer would be thousands of lifetimes. So spiritual of you. (laughs) (laughs) And then what I would say is years. You know, if anybody's made a cookbook, I mean, the amount of work that goes into making the recipes, plating them, photographing them, editing them, I mean, it's like insane. So three, you know, very big voluminous cookbooks that I have. So I don't know, probably... Six years, five years, six years, something like that. Something like that. I think it's important for people to hear because I'm finding within myself and with others, there's this, and I don't know about time so much. I don't even like using that word, but there's this birthing process. Mm -hmm. And I think we get caught up that it's got to be right here for it to be right in general. But if it's not in front of me right away or it's happening within a month or a week, it must not be right. Yeah. So I I want to speak on that, like, because people kind of get caught up that this must not be right because it feels like it's taking a long time or it's feeling like I'm getting some stumbling blocks along the way. Yeah. I mean, I think it can be both. I think it can, I think it can happen very fluidly. You know what I mean? Like I've never been one that thought I had to have a degree to try something. I'm kind of, I'm very rebellious. And if somebody tells me I can't do something, that's probably going to mean that I'm probably going to do it. That's why I say thousands of lifetimes, because I'm a painter and a sculptor as well as a musician. And so when you paint or sculpt, there's one question that you always get. And it's, wow, how long did that take you? Like as if, if it's taken you a long time, then it validates what it is. Oh, that's so good. Right? So that's where I get the thousands of lifetimes answer. The other part of it is that you arrive at genius through the repetition, the open childlike expression and exploration of something that is new. And so what Srimu taught me as a creative, I would say ultimately I'm a life artist and I'm a creative on every level, is it taught me that there are many ways to express many things in life. And if you can stay out of the way they say it is, I mean, I never dreamed that I would be able to create this cheesy, full-bodied, tangy, delicious. I mean, it hits every note that you need. You guys are all dying. <laughs> it's better. It's better. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you some cheese, I promise. It's better for your body. It's better for your skin. It's better for the planet. 
It's better for our animals and ultimately our children. Because that's really the point. And it's not about shaming or activism or creating violence. It's nothing to do. Shreem is a beauty brand. It's just the celebration of all is beautiful. But it is that repetition. I mean, you know, hundreds of hours of creating food and trials. And what I find in my creative expressions is usually if you're in alignment, meaning the coherence is very aligned, meaning that it's something that you love a lot or you have a lot of interest in, you'll get a break. It might be easy right in the beginning, and then you'll get a test. And then it looked like everything's falling apart. And it's like, how much do you want it? Like, do you really want it? Are you really, really aligned to this? Are you willing? And then after you've done enough of these, you're just kind of like, it's just all, it's all initiations. It's all tests and initiations. So what I learned going through my nine-year financial collapse with four children and no appliances, living in my beautiful home that I ended up getting after I didn't pay property taxes, mortgage, or insurance for five years is we are powerful creators. So by holding this quantum vision, I knew this place It wasn't just a house. If it was just a house, I might have just let it go. But it wasn't. I had built it. It's a spiritual sort of temple. It was the creative incubator for everything that we did. My family were all artists. So I just had this knowing that it was my duty to really fight for her at the most that I can. Yet our businesses had collapsed and there was no money. And so it was like I describe it like the universe just turns the faucet off and suddenly there's nothing. But what I learned is as the trials and the evolution appeared in these tests, the more that I could shorten my emotional freak out to nothing, what does it mean? It means nothing. It means this is a life experience that's happening. And if I meet it in neutrality with reverence for this divine grace, it will disappear more quickly And I'll be given the guidance of how to move to the next step. Now, if I had known it was going to take nine years, I might not have been so resilient about it. But I do have this thing in me where I can really make lemonade out of lemons. And I know many of you, I see a lot of women in here. It's the superpower of the woman, right? Of how we can... And and this is a moment, really, it's a really, really powerful moment just in the last couple months even of the master teachers in feminine form being returned to this planet. And that master teacher that I'm speaking to you is inside every one of you. And so it is time for us to move to the front. We need to move to the front. We need to lead with what we know. You all know so much. And so these are the changes that are going to transform this beautiful planet that we all signed up to be incarnated right now at this crazy time So it really is a a beautiful, beautiful time. Wow. Okay. I have to, can we go there today? Let's go. Yeah. Can we go there? Do you guys mind if we just kind of go there? I mean, whether you agree with anything that's set up here or not, can we all just go there? Because I really want to ask her some questions. And if you ever feel uncomfortable, just say pass. But I have a feeling you're not (laughs) uncomfortable. I'm like, it's great. I love cheese and I love the alchemy of food. But I want to talk to this girl, this woman. I don't know. I don't even know if I can call you even those things. They're just like amazing light. I want to talk to you about what do you, okay, you just told us 
you feel like these ascended masters are coming through and like there's this light and this wisdom in each one of us. Can you speak more to that? Yeah. So I've been one of the spiritual genetics. So I don't know if you guys are or you guys know people in your lives. It's like a gene situation. It's like the second that I came in, I was always exploring what's beyond the body, what are, what's in the death realms. I feel the same age I am today as I was when I was a baby in a crib waiting for someone to pick me up. I don't feel any different. So for me, all of my creative expressions are the one. It's that sacredness, right? And so it's important to just realize that in this planetary realm, we live in a realm, we have been chosen to incarnate in a realm that is controlled by, I'll call them, anti-life forces. And it's not one anti-life force, it's a plethora of anti-life forces. And how do we know this is true? Well, you don't have to be a psychic, just watch the news, look around you. Why is our humanity still suffering? Why do we brutalize our animals and rape them and, be, and torture them and then say it's okay? Why are we destroying our earth? Uh, why is there so much you know, sexual perversion or pedophilia or whatever it's going on. It's not, and my sons now are old enough, they're in their late 20s, where like when they were younger, they used to have an idealistic view of a political system, you know, and now they see, it doesn't matter who gets in, it's the same story. Like whose war is it? Is it just one, is it just, it's just one force? Who has all the money on planet earth? Four families. Well, I don't know you guys. I just met you today. I don't think I know any of you. But I know if you were one of those four families, you would do something. But why do they keep that wealth for themselves? Why? So the great news is that that whole storyline is up. That is what this planetary procession is. It's a planetary procession. It's not like any other time in history. Guess what? This time right now is why any of us that stayed, that are breathing, that have a body, this is why we came. We came to be a part of the awakening of this realm that we love so dearly. And so if you're like me and you're a little bit of a rebel, I've been in a lot of rooms with a lot of masters and a lot of different lineages, mostly Vedic, mostly Indian. I'm a big yogi, even in past lives, but also Lakota Sioux, Native American, Mayan, uh, Theosophy. I've done dark room meditations, conjuring spirits. West African gospel singers, you know, everything, just kind of anything I've done. And, you know, I've had really even close alliance with a galactic emissary who's connected with planetary cosmology. So like, that's a lot of like, oh my God. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but so every time I'm asking these mostly men, except one in all of my years, where are the women? Where are the women? Why are all the famous chefs men? Are they the ones that have been cooking for their families day in and day out? You know, it's in every single, not only spiritual lineage, but also in, you know, any career, we'll call it, right? And the reason is because there was an annihilation of the feminine energy, which is half of what it means to be a human angelic form, which is who we are. We are eternal beings. We are made in a Christic form, not connected to a religion, not connected only to the, the great one, Yeshua or Jesus or Sananda, but to the essence of what it means to be a divine human. And so if you look at the lineage of what's behind me too, it's thousands of years ago, they just eradicated half of what it means to be a human being and ripped it out of the culture. 
That's why we're in a patriarchal society that lives on war and grabbing and getting and overcoming. And it's not that we, we love our men. I love men. We need both. Both are needed to be balanced. And so when you talk about ascended masters, so ascended masters were a group of beings, we'll call them, that had achieved certain levels of awakeness, awareness. But what we have to realize is as our realm has been infiltrated, so have all the spiritual teachings, not only the religions, but also all the new age. So you have systems like Kabbalah, like any kind of new age, the theosophy, and, I, and it's not a judgment. It's these, we're all well-meaning, but you know, we have what we have. So what I would tell you is every time I asked where are the women, the answer from the male teachers, master teachers would be, it would have been very inefficient to take a female body during this time because females are not, we're not really equal. So now what I'm telling you is that, so I have a source. I have this dear ally of mine who I won't name, but she is been one of my spiritual allies for over 20 years. She's the most expanded consciousness I know. She used to be available and did many private sessions on me. She hasn't been available for personal interaction for a very long time, but she works planetarily. And what I can tell you is she basically was calling out the very dark picture for many, many years, for probably 17, 18 years. And for the last two years, she has been calling out the reclamation of life-affirming energy on the planet. And so it is not only okay, it is a miraculous time to be here. And there are souls that are dying to get into this realm for what we're going to experience. It doesn't mean it's going to be easy. There's going to be a lot of people that take exit. We've had a lot already. You know, we've already gone through a lot of changes through this last, uh, I'll call it movie, that we've been through. But really trusting and knowing that you're going to find an easier way to connect to yourself, keep yourself safe, trust your body intelligence, and trust your own sovereign voice. What is your body telling you? It's body intelligence. So it's a miraculous time. And the beings, energies, lineages that have been, we call it reversed, are being reconnected in their organic form. So one of the things that I like to sort of you could call it pray, but I would call it speak into existence, is the organic sovereign truth of you. And each one of us will have a completely different journey on our journey to self-realization. I can't tell you how your life is going to be, meaning spiritually or physically, only you can. Because guess what? There's not another one of you in the entire omniverse. So if you don't fulfill what is in your heart, there's not another Dennett coming behind you. Oh, she didn't quite make it, but here's another one of me. And the other thing that I find curious in human culture is we're always looking for the consensus, right? I think they call it the protocol. No, they call it like, what is the, like, what's the right diet? What's the right sleep program? What's the right, That's you know, so what's true. the right place? You know, it's like, that is insanity because no two of us are alike. So no one can tell you. 
So people can give you inspiration or you can look at my journey or Danette's journey or a master journey and be like, oh, you know, for me, it's like Yogananda. Oh, I love him so. And he's not me at the end of the day. When I put my head down on the pillow, I have to have lived my own life. Hope that helps. That was amazing. I'm going to ask this because I want to go there. What's your thoughts on aliens? Oh, well, we're all here together in the room. (laughs) Welcome, aliens. Are we we on some (laughs) alternate planet somewhere? (laughs) Um, Yeah, so this is really fascinating. So yeah, so the human race or human life form, we have been integrated with aliens for thousands of years. So that means that if it wasn't for that relationship, we wouldn't even exist the way we exist. Are aliens going to, they're around us all the time. I've seen some embodied even in a human form. I don't know if any of you guys have ever known that. And you know how you know? You know. (laughs) <laughs> it's not It's not like it looks different than what you look, but you're like, wow, that's not right. You're like, that's not a human. It's very organic. It's very, very natural. And I had this experience when I was in my teens. I was raised in Alaska, Anchorage, Alaska. And you know, when you're in your teens and the most important desirable friend is the one with the car. Uh, <laughs> so I'm admitting my dark side, my dark side. So I met this girl and she had a car and it was kind of like, hi, hi. And she was like, hey, do you want to go out? And I was like, yeah. So she picked me up and we were just driving and she said, let's stop by and see my parents. And I said, okay. And I walked in and there were two, a man and a woman sitting on a couch upright, looking at a black and white TV. And they both turned and stared at me and they were not human. (laughs) They were white faced. There was no energetic. It's an energetic resonance. And at the time, I didn't have language for it. Like I couldn't have spoken like I spoke here. But I just just knew like, oh yeah, no, not that ever again. (laughs) So like we went in her bedroom for a second and then I was like, hey, let's go. And then I just never hung out with her again. And I never even spoke about it until maybe, I don't know, a few years ago and I remembered it. So it's not that big of a deal. And the thing is, is that the thing that I would like to share is for you all to remember that there is nothing more powerful than a human being that knows itself. No energy has the right to interfere with you without your consent. But if you're choosing to smoke pot or drink or take drugs, you're weakening your energetic aura. So what you agree to sit with, you're giving your consent to. So we do have practices that I teach on. I have a spiritual mentorship called Water Tiger. And in Water Tiger, I teach techniques that help you to learn how to care for your light body. Because you're not just a human being, you're a light body. You're a multidimensional being. And even when you go into sleep at night, you're traveling to places like this that are like on the walls. Um, (laughs) But I think it's less about, I mean, it is kind of curious, like one of my children who's sort of been like, I don't know about spirituality. And then he, you know, he's like, mom, he's like, you know, the government is talking about aliens, (laughs) you know, like it's in the news. I'm like, oh yeah, right. So it's just, it's, they've been here for thousands of years. The government knows about it. There's all kinds of stuff going on. If you want to dive deep, go on Gaia TV and watch a bunch of shows about that. But really it doesn't really matter because we come from the stars. And so as long as you understand 
that you're not less than. And so let me give you a scenario just to, it's a tip. I'm going to give you a tip. I never give tips, by the way. Okay, we're getting a tip tip. today. (laughs) Tip is you're in some experience and suddenly an off-planet being shows up. Let's just say that it looks like Buddha. And you're like, oh my God, Buddha is in my bedroom right now. What do I do? What you do as a responsible sovereign being is you fire up your light field. And this is through, we are light color energy beings. Light color energy beings. Use your intention, your imagination, and start building containers around you. Ignite a flame in the center of your heart and expand it around your body four feet. And then I would look at Buddha and I would amplify more and I would project my light onto him. And I would see what he did. And if he disappeared, I would know that was not Buddha. And if he got bigger and came clear, then I would know maybe, you know, for sure that it's not Buddha, but it was a a being that was in alignment with me. And so the thing that we have to understand as humans, because we seem to have this, you know, we just want to take the pill, you know, could you just hit me on the head with a wand and let me not have to go through my journey? No, we can't do that. And so no being has a right to interfere with your free will. So remember, no matter how scary, even if something who, let's say, is a more, you know, not so like horrific shows up, project your light and just claim my space and be like, I'm the light of, of 10,000 suns and I hold the love and truth here because you're the sovereign being of your experience. So yeah, I don't know. And you know, isn't it funny? Because like I talk about sometimes with my husband, I'm like, yeah, in this culture, like it'll just be like, oh yeah, aliens are in the sky. What's on the Kardashians this week? It's like everybody's just (laughs) hypnotized. Like, you know, so yeah, aliens do exist. We are aliens and the earth is a very sought after planet in the systems. It's, It's a rich, rich with resources, not only human, but many, many kinds of life forms. Really cool. I love how you brought up about this love, this tip that we got, because, you know, I think we can get ourselves even in whether it's you think something new came in, but like you're walking on the street or you're in a new environment and it feels dense or it might not feel safe or maybe someone's joking around. Oh, there's a ghost in here. There's a spirit because this happens with some of my friends and they get scared. It's like all you have to do. And that's the thing is like just feel a lot of love and project it out around you and to whatever's in front of you. And it's powerful. And you don't have to be afraid, ultimately, of anything. Yeah, definitely. And important just to expand on that is that, you know, there was a belief or sort of like a a vision in the New Age community that we were going to hit the fifth dimension and the whole world was going to float up in a balloon. And, you know, and that's obviously not happening if you look around. So remember that there are vortexes all over the place. So one of the hardest thing is there'll be an ascending, life-affirming vortex. And right next to it, there'll be a descending anti-life vortex. So what does that mean? It means we're in like this confetti of experience. There's not just one timeline, there's many timelines going on. So this is uh, trusting the body intelligence. So developing a yoga practice, a breath practice, connecting in with the present and trusting the body intelligence. 
The supreme intelligence is in the heart. It's not in the mind. The mind is a tool. And the patriarchal would all be focused, mind, mind, mind. This is your intelligence. So she's going to tell you, oh, that's just what I just described with the alien. It's, it's, it's so amazing because some of the most profound experiences that I've had in my life, when they happen, they're completely natural. It could just be like you yawned. And it's not really phenomenal. It's quite grounded. And you will be guided. You'll be led and guided if you choose to be connected to your source as your first love, your first really mission. Wow, thank you. I know someone's got a question. I can already tell. Can you, okay, one or two of you, because we don't have tons of time. They're going to ask you a question if that's okay. okay. Sure. Of course, I've connected to the cheese lady. (laughs) (laughs) Of course. We trust cheese. (laughs) Thank you so much for being here. Really interesting thing happened. One of my friends wanted to do a, a moon reading or something, and she needed to know what time I was born. And so I don't even remember the correct terminology that she said she wanted to do, but I was, so I called my mother. I was born at 927 AM. Mm-hmm. And then uh, about 19 years ago, I almost died on 927 on mm-hmm. the day of my first wedding. So mm-hmm. I kind of freaked out about that a little bit. I didn't know what to make of it. So mm-hmm. I don't know if you had any input on mm-hmm. that. Because there's no coincidence. I don't believe that there's a coincidence. I mean, I don't know. Ultimately, only you would know, but I could offer you a perspective. So your birth and your death are the same thing, right? It's a portal into more life. And so you had that timestamp, which if if we're on a spiral, think of energy moves in vortexes, spiral movements. So it's good to know that as you start to move energy or imagine energy around you. So sometimes you guys will probably have this experience where you'll be in an experience and then you're like, I've cleared that for all time. And then four or five years will pass and you're like, I'm a fucking in that place again. Like that same place. (laughs) But you're not really in the same place because you're in a different point on the spiral, right? So I would think that you hit a timestamp that, again, death is birth, birth is death. And that's all it is. It's not scary it was a possibility for you to take your evolution by dropping your body at that time. Wow. But it's not scary. I mean, it, you didn't. You're here. So you changed your mind. So thank you for being here. Yeah. <laughs> um, thank also, you. I just want to give you guys a little, another tip, if I can. Second tip Ooh, that whoa, I've given in my life. lots of tips. <laughs> I'm, I'm it's kind of an anti-tip person. But okay, second tip is... There is an app that you can get on your phone that is called My Human Design. My Human Design. You can put in your birth signatures, make sure you watch its military time, and it will tell you a lot of things about you. So human design is sort of the next evolution of astrology in the I Ching. It was downloaded by a man, I believe his name is Ra, I should know. Anyway, he's no longer alive. He got this transmission. It's highly accurate and many young women in sort of the spiritual circles are serving this. So check it out because you'll you'll get a lot from that. Uh, okay, my next human question. design. My yeah. human design. So I'm short, so I'm going to do this. First of all, who knew cheese could mean so much? <laughs> <laughs> so amazing that you took something mm-hmm. and you filled the bucket or filled your life with mm-hmm. all of these things and and opened up to so much through making 
beautiful food. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying that's not important, but it's mm-hmm. so meaningful. And it's so meaningful that you want people to pause before they eat it and all of that. So that's the one thing. I'm amazed that you go back to where we came from, the birth and death mm-hmm. thing. And you've talked about it a couple of times about where we were when we were born and knowing and, and connecting with that, mm-hmm. with which we were we chose to be here, like our mm-hmm. soul. Mm-hmm. So it's so profound that you're doing all that. And second of all, mm-hmm. I want to know where you got your pants and I love your hair. Thank you. Thanks so much. Actually, I got my pants yesterday at uh, Fred Siegel in Malibu. I don't know who the designer is. And my hair, so I dyed, I was brunette my whole life, and I dyed my hair for many years. And I went on the very courageous journey of letting it grow out. It was not easy. (laughs) It was very not graceful. The universe played a joke on me because I always identified brunette. And then I took the color out of my hair and I was literally platinum blonde and, you know, had a whole different subset of men following me around. (laughs) I was like, wow, this is a total different thing. (laughs) And I would forget, like, I didn't even know I was blonde, but I had blonde hair on my head. So anyway, this is probably four years now, completely natural. I didn't do anything to it. It's naturally comes out that color. Yeah, it's totally. And what I would tell you is like, I would have given you all the money in my bank account. I would have told you I was white as Santa Claus, like white Santa Claus, because I was chasing the white line, you know, if you have dark hair and the white, and suddenly you feel like you're 95. So I was shocked that it has all these different colors in it. And just out of fear of not wanting to screw it up, I just haven't, I haven't touched it at all. Like I haven't put a wash on it, like nothing. So anyway, I think that my next evolution of Shrimu, which is still not ready, but it's called Eternalize. And Shrimu is a beauty brand. So the cheese is the first portal, but I'm going to be doing beauty products and Abiyango oils and, and connecting my water tiger healing techniques, which I really hope some of you will join that online community if you feel called to really dive deeper in. What I'm saying is that I'm not aging, I'm eternalizing. I'm spiritualizing the matter. That's what we're doing in our life. And we have been told the lie by the patriarchy that after a certain age, we are worthless. We are useless. We will be replaced by a younger model. And that's the way it goes. But I invite you to disconnect from this lie because in the Vedic traditions, the most prolific time in a feminine embodiment is post-childbearing years or maybe someone who never chose to have children. So this is the high creativity that I spoke to you about that's coming through in Srimu and is in the feminine frequency, the feminine eternal spiritual frequency. She is eternally creating. There is no end to your creativity. And so I want to remind us of this. So I am being part of reclaiming our sovereign, our reverence, our meaning, and our power as feminine leaders in the culture and beyond. So I hope, I hope you'll join me. Yeah, love that. Okay, one last question. You have to only say a sentence or one word, but you've got a million people in front of you, a million plus. They're just, you can't even see the end. What would you say? So there is nothing more beautiful than a being that knows itself. Ooh, can you say it one more time? Just say it. 
There's nothing more beautiful than a being that knows itself. And with that, we thank you so much for being here on thank the show you, and with all of Thank us. you so much. Thank you for your magic. Yeah.